Hello my friends, welcome to the We Are TGF Gaming Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you're keeping safe and well, and don't forget to hit the follow button so you know when we upload next. Hello again my friends, welcome back to a brand new episode of the We Are TGF Gaming Podcast. My name is Gamester, thank you so much for joining me. And today I haven't got my lovely Mrs. Hosting with me because she's busy at work. Yes, her work are unfortunately making her work a lot of hours at the moment because she had a about 10 days off with covid don't worry she is absolutely fine and i managed to avoid that virus like a fucking champion (laughs) so now i get to do another podcast and today we've only got one other guest as you might have guessed by the name of this episode it's my brother in gaming, the one and only, the Hoya King, Mr. Thitherleach. Very good, very nice. Hello, mate. Hello. Hello, everybody. Now, today is going to be a little bit different because we already know a lot about Thitherleach. We already know his gaming loves and his passions, what he hates about gaming, what he loves about gaming, everything. So now we're just going to concentrate on what we've been playing recently, what we're looking forward to coming up in the future. And of course, we're going to cover quite a few big news stories. Yes, like the news story that everyone's been talking about recently, the Activision buyout from Microsoft. Yes, we will be covering that, but we will be covering a few other nice little news stories as well and we're going to be having a laugh and a giggle along the way sound good nick sounds good to me right then so without further ado let me just let you lovely people know that if you want to get in contact you can do so simply by emailing wearetgf at gmail.com or you can just follow the link that is in the description if you want to leave us an audio question That's an audio file that will be played during the episode and you can tell us a story, you can tell us any kind of funny instances that you've had whilst gaming or you can just ask us a question. Now what I will say is next episode for next week is going to be recorded today, uh, well for us, is going to be recorded later on this evening, so I will be streaming early. However, it is a special one, and it is us making plans for future content. Let's let's just leave it at that. Now, of course, me, I know what it is. Nick knows what it is because he's going to be helping me out, but we will have another two guests joining us as well. So, please check that out when it goes live on wednesday next week i would really appreciate it and if you get in contact any kind of questions or stories will obviously be going live then however the likelihood is from the time of this going live to us recording later on this evening there will not be any new questions which is all well and good because 
I want the focus to be on a certain subject next week anyway. So, if you are interested, please hit the follow on this podcast so you can get notified when it goes live. Without further ado, let's crack on with today. Now, what have you been playing, my mate? I have been personally playing quite a few different games just recently. Um, am I right in thinking that you've just been playing Icarus quite a lot? Ha <laughs> Well, good sir. As you guys have, if you've been listening, you've realised I now own a PC. Yes. And I have started to divulge into the PC gaming. But I officially have a category that I play. Yes, I am a survival games kind of guy. So, I've been playing quite a bit of Rust. Yeah, it's different, isn't it? It is. Because... I've been watching you, and in comparison to Icarus, Icarus is it's more of a a beautiful game to look at, shall we say? Yes. Whereas Rust is kind of I don't know it. The Dark visuals, yeah, the visuals aren't anywhere near as good. But I do when I've been watching you, I do like some of the different things that it's got within the game. Oh, yeah. The components in the game itself is what makes it what it is. Like, don't get me wrong, Icarus visuals in the whole game style is amazing. But Rust is just like, uh, there's so much to do that it's very timing. Is it one of those games that you could just you think, all right, I'll just go on it for an hour, and then three hours later, you're thinking, fuck, look at the time. Yeah, that, that kind of happened to me last week. I think my Wednesday stream ended up being a six-hour stream or an eight-hour stream. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was literally just running rounds, trying to get all the materials I needed. And then before I knew it, I was like, oh, no. Is that the time? Guess I've got to end the stream there. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, I've got to admit, it does look kind of interesting, but at the same time, I think it's a natural progression for you, because when I first met you, which actually doesn't seem that long ago now, but... Ten it's, months. Yeah, it's nearly a year now since I last mm-hmm. met you, when I first met you, and since then, I've always known you to be like a Minecraft player. But then Minecraft is sort of like a survival game, really. Precisely. So it I think it's the natural progression. Xbox. Yeah. But here's uh, the question. I know that since you got onto your PC, so you don't just use your PC like you used to, which is simply to stream. Now you've got a PC, you've got the two monitors, so you can stream on one and game on the other. Yeah. And now, am I right in thinking that you've probably done the same as me, where you rarely go back to your console anymore? I think in the past month I've played it three times. (laughs) (laughs) And that was to play a couple of games of Warzone, and that was it. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I've just chilled out most of the time, trying to sort stuff out for this year, for Twitch and my brands and possibilities that we can get within the TGF. And I'm just more focused on PC gaming, really. Yeah, which nicely brings me to a point that I wanted to make, because I I am the same. I am completely the same since I got my PC. I think I go on the console now only to play VR. That's it. I play my PSVR, and other than that, I rarely go onto the PlayStation because, well, the visuals, the games, everything just seems to be better on PC. Well, this is it. You've got a decent graphics card. You've got a PC that can hold out. Exactly. So now there's really no point for me to play a game where I'll be running at the maximum of 30 frames a second and it doesn't look as good. Now I can just play uh, anything from 60 upwards to yeah. games that just look so much better. And it is nice to see in the top left-hand corner how many frames you've got. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On console, like, I don't even know how many frames I'm pushing right now. And then you play on PC and it's like 140, 100. My frames are dropping. Okay, I'm getting lag. Whereas with console, it's like you get a, 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 uh, a lag spike and you're like, what was that? At yeah. least with PC, you can monitor it as well. It's not just the fact that you get more frames. I think before I came to PC, I was so used to having, well, the very odd, rare game being on 60 frames a second and it being really, really basic graphics. Fortnite was a perfect example when they moved I think it was in like season three, the original season three. Yeah. They moved up from 30 frames to 60 frames. And I remember my first initial reaction when they did it because I was so used to playing on 30 frames a second that I didn't really know any better. I didn't know what I was missing, if you get what I mean. And yeah. Then when they upped the frames, I was like, wow, it's so smooth. It's so great. And I fell in love with it all over again. And then every time I went back to any other games, which was 30 frames a second, it wasn't like I was thinking, well, this isn't as good as Fortnite. It was just like, yeah, this is normal. So it never really bothered me. But then I moved on to PC gaming and my frames were always higher, and I'm thinking, wow, now I understand why everybody goes on and on and on about the frames per second every single time that they're talking about PC over console. And I've just absolutely adored it. It's the master race, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's what they say, and yeah, I can understand now. Now that I've had, well... The opportunity, shall we call it, to go from PlayStation, Xbox, and then go over to PC and play all platforms, I now understand completely and wholeheartedly why everyone was saying, well, yeah, you need a PC, you need a PC. 
And even Pixie's at that point now where she is playing, well, she can play on the PlayStation and the Xbox, and she doesn't really know what gaming on a PC is like. But hold that thought because we are researching into getting her all the components that she needs in order to have her own PC. So she, yeah, now I'm, (laughs) now I'm part of the master race. I am beckoning her like, come with me, come with me, come join the master race. Join the dark side. Yeah. Well, I suppose you could call the consoles the dark side. And I'm returning to the light. <laughs> like Obi-Wan's going, Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Master Race. You have joined the Jedi as in the Master Race of Gaming. Don't know what you're missing, you don't. <laughs> but now, I am really, really happy. Have you been playing any other games other than Rust? Or is, so, there, or is there any that you want to play? So that I've dabbled in a bit of um, Stranded Deep. I've never heard of that one. And it's basically... So, cut, beginning cutscene, you're on a plane, private jet, and it crashes in the ocean. And then you make your way to an island. And then you go through the tutorial on how to craft stuff and cook food and build tools and then that's as far as I've got because I keep getting poisoned and climbing up a tree and jumping down and breaking my legs so I end up dying but (laughs) the aspect of it is is you keep adapting and by adapting you keep moving to the next island after that and so on and so on to increase your skill of what you can craft and what like build so that's the general idea i'm getting from that game but i've not gone back to it yet apart from that i am still on icarus and it's just had an update and they've chucked in a load of decent gear and done some patchwork on it so i'm kind of bit excited about that well, you would be, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. But no, the only game that I wish would come out is a game that I sent a trailer to you a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh, I know what you're on about. Derelicts. Yeah. A single person had designed the game, and it looks pretty good. It's like For one person, yeah. that is fucking immense. Yeah, so I'm kind of hoping that does get the funding to, like, able to publish and send out so people can buy it and play. Mate, there's been so many crowdfunded games coming out now. Well, this is it. It's all about the little fishes. I think it's fair to say, people... That our good friend Diddleach is turning into the Bear Grills of gaming. <laughs> I, wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I found my genre and I'm happy. You know, that's just it, isn't it? I, I spent so long trying to figure out what type of game is me, and 
I sort of knew, but I've been able to find it since coming to PC. So, you know, the future's looking bright. <laughs> yeah, and it is one of those, isn't it, where people say, oh, yeah, gaming's not for me. I don't like gaming. And I'm like, what games have you tried? COD. Any others? No. Well, you can't say that gaming's not for you then. Well, this is it. Because COD is just a generic pick up a gun, go pew pew. Yeah. I've spent many of years having a giggle on Halo, Call of Duty, Black Ops series, a lot of them, and had a laugh. But that's when you've got a group of people. Yeah. I wanted to try and find a game that I could play solo, be interested in, be able to stream it for people to be interested in. Plus, also play with people as well. Yeah, so the option of playing online with exactly. friends is there, but you don't yeah. have to. Exactly. So, like, not to be antisocial, but like, you can play a survival game or a horror series, right? Let's say Resident Evil. And you can play that solo and complete as many times as to your heart's content. But you also get the option of being like, yo games did you fancy rocking out some Resident Evil campaign co-op and then you have that option like I know some genres ain't everybody's cup of tea and obviously depending on consoles and whatnot but it's there so like you could say Leech I'm playing this game on PC at the minute it's a horror series it's co-op do you want a game and I'd be like, well, I don't really do horrors, but you know what? If it's co-op, let's do this. You know? It gets that interaction going there, and then obviously when you stream it, everyone's jumping in and like, is this a new game? No, it's been out for a while. Oh, really? I've never heard of it. And then you're getting it out there. Yeah, exactly. So, the old games make a comeback from it as well, which is good. I'd love to see it in more games as well. I mean... My favourite franchise, of course, Dead Space. I loved Dead Space. And when they brought out the Dead Space 3 with co-op in it, I thought, this is going to be just... It's going to be iconic. And then when I played it, it was the fact of there being so many different levels that you could go on to. But that's how it was set out. It was set out like, a level or a DLC pack or something like that that you had to have a teammate with you. Now, you could get a teammate randomly and that was all well and good, but because the matchmaking took so long, you would end up getting either halfway through a level and then getting to a point where you both had to press a button at the same time or something stupid like that. And you'd have your random teammate just stood at the starting point of the level, not moving. And it just, it was such a good idea, which was poorly executed. And it ended up really being a great game, but also really, really frustrating and tedious because of the co-op element. So I think it's all dependent on how the co-op is implemented into the game. But I would love to see 
say, a Resident Evil game, even in its new type of genre, you know, with the first person. Yeah. And have that as just a co-op campaign. Now, I know that they've got the, like, 4v1 with Mr. X hunting everyone down and stuff like that, which is just like Friday the 13th and all them kind of games, the asymmetric games. Yeah. Where it's one bad guy against four other people. And, yeah, they've got their place, but it's not... That's more like a death match. It's, there's no story there. Well, this is it. It's like Modern Warfare 2, Cops and Robbers, basically. Yeah. And I get it. I think it's a, it's a great, like, a great version of an already established game. And I love that about the games like that. But I would just like to see a horror-based game, which is a co-op, a two-player co-op, with the emphasis on the story. A really grindy co-op. Yeah, like, we've even got, I think it's World War Z, or World War Z, depending on where you are in the world. And that is up to four people as a co-op, going through levels and destroying people left for dead is another one that's exactly the same but the story is very lackluster it's just a case of normally very linear gameplay getting from point a to point b and killing all the beasties that are in your path along the way yeah and i think that's the problem we need a horror game that's more like way out if you get what I mean. I don't need to be played way out. It's where the, the two guys meet in prison and they have to break out of prison. Is that the one that Pixie's playing at the minute? Yeah, it's the one that she was playing yes. with Widow. I saw someone stream it a while ago and I've recently seen Pixie streaming it. But yeah, something like that. Imagine this, mate. You're going through, say, well... For want of a better situation, a typical asylum, a haunted asylum, something like that. And you're both told that you need to like go and explore, finding a certain item. And then as you're both walking out, there's a way that the mechanics will tell you you need to separate to a certain point. And then when you try and go and meet your friend and join forces again a fucking door comes slamming down or shuts and one of them gets attacked while you've got to try and give call outs or something like that that kind of thing it would raise the tension exponentially at the same time as having that same co-op and then involving you in the world so much that you're like, shit, because if he dies now, I'm left, I'm on my own, I'm fucked. So you have to work together to survive this horror, and that, to me, would be a fantastic game. I'd love to see someone doing it, but I don't think there's been any games like that. If I'm wrong, you, anyone listening to this, feel free to let me know that I'm wrong. And if I am, I would love to try whatever game you suggest. 
Yes, definitely. I'm kind of getting a vibe for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? Well, this is the whole thing, isn't it? That gaming over the past couple of years has gone from multiplayer to battle royales. And the yeah. fun has kind of ended in that series, but they're still trying to bring them type of games out. And I know they're trying to bring out solo campaigns, which is good because we do need solo campaigns going on at the minute because there's not that many, let's be real. Yeah. But also, just like the old school days when you'd whip out your PS2 and you get solo or co-op and you just smash it out, you know. I think they need to go back to the old school ways. I know generations now want to do battle royales and spend money on games but i think for like us older generation of gamers like we don't mind the occasional shoot them up but like we're old school yeah we want something that engrosses us into it yeah we want the intellectually stimulating process of a game being like okay i don't need to just randomly spray my gun right here but i need to be tactical about it and correctly position myself in a certain mission, i.e. zombies with armoured heads. I need to try and work a way of how I can kill him or whatnot. Yeah. Like um, Dead Space. I remember one thing that you taught me is... I don't... Right, you're going to hate me for this, but I can't (laughs) remember the name of said creature slash alien. But it's the one with the tentacles. Now, games are said. Is it tentacles or? Yes, it is. Games are said. The babies, yeah. Don't aim for the heads, aim for the legs and the arms. Yeah. And with the tentacles, aim for the tentacles. Right. Is that tacticalness in a game where you're like, you don't automatically go straight for the head like you do in every other game? You have to be strategic in how you do it. So you're taking that little bit of extra time just to mark up the shot like bring back the classics yeah it's basically it's not mindless you can't just aim and shoot and do well you've got to concentrate on what you are doing even with the just the initial aim and shoot you have to think about the shots you're taking because you haven't got much ammo you haven't got much in the way of currency to buy more ammo or even health you've got to keep moving at the same time and they do come at you faster and faster as the game progresses so you need to be on point hit your shots and do it in a correct manner as well it makes you it just puts another layer on top of the whole aim and shoot thing yeah and it makes it more interesting because each encounter will be different then adding the fact that you can pick up limbs from the, that you've just shot off and impale the same enemy with their own arm or leg or whatever, just it helps to make it more engrossing. Or it does, at least in my personal opinion. Now, me, personally, what I've been playing recently, well, of course I've been playing Sea of Thieves. I don't think, even though I had a, a break from it where I've tried a lot of different games, I've still been going back to Sea of Thieves. 
because I absolutely adore the game. I'll probably be going on it very shortly because there is this podcast to do. Then because I'm doing the second podcast later on this evening, I am going to be, of course, doing an early stream instead. So I will be doing that. And it's probably going to be the game that I play because there is a emissary ledger wheel that I want to get and I'm about 200 grand away from doing it and I've got five days to do it something like that which should be easy enough to get but I digress I want to be doing that but at the same time I've got my head telling me that I want to play other games and I've been trying quite a few new games recently and some old games. Yes, I have gone back to Apex Legends. <gasps> no. I did. <laughs> oh, no, I was watching. <laughs> and I did it for Vapor, basically. Because Vapor, he's been having a rough time recently. He's had a lot on his plate. So he, when he asked me, look, me and Vapor Soul have been playing Apex, Vapor's souls really good at it i'm getting better but we need a decent third to do ranked so i've been playing that a little bit more to try and get my eye in and one thing became very clear very quickly i'm rusty as fuck my aim on some of the gunfights has just been all over the place but is the game how you remembered it as to why you left no, I left because of the fucking pro players and the shitty skill-based matchmaking. Is that still an issue to this day, or is it...? Yeah, it's just not as noticeable because I'm a low level. But it's still there. I've still had uh, enemies that have had, like, 30,000 kills against me and someone who is also, like, a level 20 and I've also had a lot of games where I've been teamed up with someone who had a more than 10,000 kills on one character and then said something along the lines of, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm not playing with these two, and then left instantly just because we were low levels. And that just seems to be the norm. What is it? Is that judgment of this character's got up? low amount of kills they're going to be crap in actual fact it could just be someone using this character for first time or even a new account but someone who's been playing first person shooters for quite a while yeah i've even had it i've had the opposite happen as well i've had two friends that i could hear chatting and they've turned around and said oh my god look at this guy He's only like a level fucking 10. And the other one went, yeah, but he's got a fair few kills to say he's got. Le- he's at level 10. Nah, he'll still be shit. And then they've both gone down. I've revived them. Well, at least he knows how to play. And then as it gets near the end of the game, I've got literally three times the amount of damage they've got, three times the amount of kills they've got. And just hearing their reaction to that, is always going to put a smile on my face. But the fact that they were surprised by it 
tells you everything you really need to know. The solo queue experience on Apex is still shockingly bad. But I've been also playing some other games. For example, I've been playing Outriders. Now, for me, Outriders is one of those mindless mindless shooters. You don't play it for the story. You play it because it's full of blood and gore and you can just run and gun but you can't just go in all guns blazing because you will just get absolutely obliterated so you have to do a little bit of thinking just not much and it borders on making it fun to play but at the same time as not being overly too difficult and i quite like that there's also a new game that i've well it's not new it's been out for a while but it's called Outer Wilds. Now, I don't know if you've heard of it. But it's it's like an exploration survival game. <coughs> you might... It might be a game that you would enjoy. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's multiplayer. I th- I've only played it on my own. But you start off in a little camp with all these weird looking aliens that have all got I think it's four eyes instead of two and they're all telling you right you need to go and pick up the launch codes from the observatory and then you can actually set off on your journey so you go around you talk to people it's kind of funky there's a lot of like spooky shit things like a crystal on one of three podiums and every time you look at look at it it doesn't move as soon as you look away and then look back it's moved to a different podium or crystals that will allow you to walk on the walls or the roof or things like that and then in the end once you get the launch codes you go up to your own little spaceship which looks like the ship that landed on the moon And you've got to control it, fly yourself into space like a remote control helicopter or something. Oh, wow. And then there's you're in the solar system and you have the choice of going to any of the other islands and basically exploring throughout your solar system. I don't know if there's any more solar systems you know other than what's already there but it's a good little game i've got to admit i'm pretty impressed with it and i am going to go back to it at some point because because it was challenging just challenging enough to be fun yeah without being tedious and the fact that you've got to survive you've got to make sure that you when you land on another planet or anything like that that isn't your planet you've got to make sure that you have a spacesuit on and you've got to watch your oxygen levels you've got to search around to see what you can find to try and progress the story and everything like that and yeah it's a fun little game so i do intend on giving that another go i've obviously i've 
I have obviously been playing quite a few games as well, including one called uh, Relictor, I think that's how you pronounce it. And that's a puzzle game. I've not played a puzzle game in fucking years, but it's it's not a puzzle game like Tetris, you know, clearing lines or anything like that. Yeah. It's a proper puzzle game, which revolves around using the polarity of cubes so you can make them levitate you can make them drop you can attach a negative polarity to it or a positive one and for people who don't get what i'm saying that means like a magnet and you've got to work these puzzles out put all the cubes on the relevant pads by navigating past you know, force fields that you can't get through with the cube, but you can walk through yourself. Things like that. Yeah. And you're all based in space, and there's a whole story behind it and everything. And it's really, really good, and it looks beautiful. It's really well designed. And it's a really fun game, and it is one of those that'll make you scratch your head. Now, if you don't like puzzles that you you know if you're not a lateral thinker you probably won't like it yeah but if you like puzzles if you're one of those people that likes the rubik's cube or you like doing little puzzles to keep your mind healthy relictor is a great game for you also immortals phoenix rising everyone's seen me playing that on stream i love the game I know there's a lot of contention because it's Ubisoft and there's a lot of people saying Ubisoft never make decent games or anything like that. Well, they do. Otherwise, they wouldn't be still a successful company. I mean, Assassin's Creed. You can't tell me that's not a successful franchise. Exactly. So people just like to hate on the devs, I think. I think it's because they don't do like they don't do air quotes typical games do they yeah they they try to do normal games but extremely different to what the current market is like Rainbow Six Siege yeah Rainbow Six Extraction which is a new one coming out soon you know they're not they're not your typical shooting games they've got be in depth to it and especially with the Rainbow Six series you know you've got to be very tactical in them games yeah exactly well Immortals for those of you who don't know it's called Immortals Phoenix Rising and the way that I like to classify it is it's a hack and slash game with puzzle elements RPG elements and if I had to sum it up in one sentence, it would be it's the family-friendly version of the original God of War games. So you're not ripping off Gorgon's heads or anything like that, <laughs> like you are in God of War, but you are going up against Gorgons. You are... And absolute greek badass and you're working for the gods 
and the whole story is like portrayed through Zeus and Prometheus talking about the story where Prometheus is talking about the story him being famous for his stories and Zeus going come on get on with it and trying to justify all his legends like I did it out of love Athena didn't know that but I did it out of love (laughs) and yet the comedy in it is very very funny as well so I've been really enjoying that and it's one that I keep going back to over and over again because I enjoy it that much. So that's what I've been playing. But for you, I would say Outer Wilds, I should, I would definitely suggest giving it a go. And it's free on the Xbox Game Pass at the moment. Oh, is it? Yeah. So give it a try. You're either going to really like it or it's just going to be meh and you won't play it again but as soon as it's free it's worth a try now i want to hear from everybody listening to this what have you been playing is there any standout games that you think we should be trying let us know by emailing wearetgf at gmail.com or following the link and dropping us an audio clip now we're going to move on and it's going to be basically to the news stories now there is one news story that everybody has been going on about i'm going to do the news like i normally do i'm going to tell you the story and then i am going to give you my thoughts and nick's thoughts at the end so without further ado let's crack on with the news the big news section so now we are going to go to our first story which is activision getting bought out by microsoft yes activision blizzard is now the property of microsoft and here is what the news story said A little bit of history to start with. In 1979, a group of disgruntled Atari employees decided to quit and create their own company. Activision was the world's first third-party game development company, producing and publishing titles for other companies' platforms. Fast forward 43 years and the company that is now Activision Blizzard has just been bought by one of the major platform owners in the industry microsoft for a blistering us dollars 68.7 billion and that for anyone within the uk is just over 50 billion pounds sterling the largest sale in the history of the video games industry this sale is also a massive in terms of game franchises that Microsoft has now control over. It now owns blockbuster franchises such as Diablo, Call of Duty, Starcraft, Candy Crush and World of Warcraft and tens of millions of fans of these titles will now be wondering what does this change in ownership mean for them. Well one thing I can say with certainty it has been confirmed regarding call of duty 
there will be another Call of Duty coming out every year as normal for the next three years it is guaranteed to come onto all consoles so for any Sony PlayStation owners out there you don't have to worry you are still going to be getting Call of Duty at least for the next three years now before we started recording we were just discussing it in passing weren't we Nick yeah we don't think that after these three years we are going to see another Call of Duty on the PlayStation we just don't think it's going to happen because it is one of the biggest franchises on the planet when it comes to gaming and come on I don't think Microsoft are going to be doing anything other than making it an exclusive because right now Xbox is getting shafted or at least they were with Vanguard and with what was the last one? That was the last one. No, the one before it. Cold War, I believe. Cold War, that's it. And they got shafted, didn't they? Because whereas in the past, PlayStation had to wait a whole month for the DLC to release on that platform, a month later than it released on the Xbox, they've gone from one extreme to another because Xbox had been waiting for a year before they get to play all the content that came out on like Outbreak for example people were playing that straight away on the Playstation but Xbox had to wait a year for it and I just thought that that was ridiculous a month is one thing but a year oh yeah let's make you wait so long that the new COD will be out before you can play this one well, that's one of the mistakes that Sony did by getting the exclusivity. Like, they wanted to screw over Microsoft, but by that time, Microsoft had merged itself from Xbox console and PC. Yeah. So that's two-thirds of the platforms restricted from playing this exclusive content. Precisely. I just don't, I don't think it's going to be anything but an exclusive now. And yes, Sony is going to have to make some big bold moves. But what would you what would you say if you were Sony? What would you say would be the best course of action now? Well, this is the thing cuz they've got the contract up until 2024. I wasn't aware that they were still releasing a COD each year. I thought Microsoft bought them out. They'll maybe chuck one game out to try and bring the series back to its former glory. Yeah, the next three have been confirmed. So, 22, 23, 24. So, this is the thing. Because, obviously, they whacked two games out last year, wasn't it? They done Cold War and Vanguard. No, Cold War was still released in November of 2020. Oh, was it 2020? Yeah. Okay. It was just a few weeks <laughs> later than planned because of COVID and everything. Okay. But even still, the fact that they started off with Modern Warfare Warzone. 
and that was good until Hacker started to rise. Then they rushed Cold War, and it was really buggy. They've released Vanguard, which I've heard not great things about, and bringing out a new Warzone map with it, which is riddled with bugs and the anti-cheats ain't working. So the only thing I would turn around and say is like, scrap the game every year, make a game that's actually going to be good and bring sales in. Because people are going to buy it because it's COD, but then they'll slate it. Now you think that's going to piss off all the devs and they're not going to be willing to do fixes for said game? Yeah. So if you make a good game, great. There's going to be so much positivity between it. And that could possibly make Microsoft and Sony realise, well, hang on a minute, we both have parts of Activision here. If we can come together and make Call of Duty great, you know, there doesn't really need to be exclusivities. They can release it on all platforms, all DLC at the same time. And then gamers are going to be happy as well but a lot of it is profit well when it comes to activision you've got cod when it comes to electronic arts you've got battlefield i think sony is going to need to make another stride now the last great shooter that i know that sony own the rights for is Socom or Socom. Solcom, whatever you want to, however you want to pronounce it, that is the last great, like strictly Sony shooter that I remember. But in my opinion, Sony have now got a three-year window to make a decent shooter. Otherwise, Xbox is going to end up pounding them into the ground. Well, this is it. They but need that, to try and get Ubisoft yeah. to keep them going. But this will neatly bring us to the second of my news stories today because this one actually interests me and I think that this could be a way that Microsoft are going to package it to sort of help Sony at the same time as helping themselves. Warzone 2 is reportedly getting a standalone sequel coming exclusively to new consoles and PC in 2023. So that's basically the Series X and the Series S, the PS5 and PCs. Now that has been like not confirmed by the platforms but it has been confirmed confirmed by devs so call of duty warzone 2 is reportedly being planned as a standalone sequel ps5 series x and pc for launch in 2023 this information comes in the wake of a bloomberg report that claims at least the next three call of duty games will be available on playstation despite microsoft's purchase of activision blizzard Following the publication of the report, 
noted leaker Tom Henderson shared a list of what he suggests are going to be the next three Call of Duty games in line for launch. They include Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 for 2022, an untitled Call of Duty game from Treyarch next year, and also Warzone 2 in 2023. In a follow-up tweet, Henderson clarifies some key questions for the Call of Duty community and has assured them that he's been pondering after reading his initial tease. Apparently, the Warzone sequel won't have anything to do with the original free-to-play Battle Royale and will instead launch on current-gen consoles and PC only. Warzone 2 is literally that. Warzone 2, Henderson wrote. Current gen and PC only, not, no past weapon integrations, etc. A completely new game for the better hardware. Without any official statement from Activision, it's best to take this info with a grain of salt, but it turns if it turns out to be true, like Tom Henderson is usually correct, Warzone 2 will be the last Call of Duty game to be available on the PlayStation platform. And even if a Warzone sequel does become available on PlayStation, it will remain unclear how long and to what extent after its initial launch, Activision would continue supporting updates on the PlayStation. Pending definitive answers, Microsoft's plans for exclusivity with its first-party studios. So... Basically, that's where it confirms that, yes, we are guaranteed we're going to get the next three on PlayStation, but the last one is going to be a standalone game. It's not going to be the free-to-play model that the current Warzone has, but it will be another standalone COD game, and there will be no crossover to any other COD game well apart from maps because they always bring back reskins of maps yeah so what do you think well hopefully it's a new and improved version of what's currently there it will be nice to have a change but are they going to learn from the same mistakes even though it's a standalone well I think Raven did a really bad job with Warzone like really fucking bad if there's any problems with the store oh there they are on top of that instantly they are there they get the store done dusted fixed within a day but they will allow these glitches to go on for weeks and weeks the cheating system well the cheating system is pretty much non-existent it's like the most easiest firewall to get round yeah so people who have got the knowledge on how to integrate cheats and edit the code can do that very very easily and it doesn't really take much in the way of skills to do that and that's the problem people are allowed to like prestige multiple times before they are actually flagged with hundreds of thousands of you know reports from other players 
saying this guy's cheating and it's six months down the line that they actually managed to get banned on that account but that doesn't matter because they can always just start up another account and carry on this is uh, it's the capability of being able to create another account to continue doing it and a lot of videos I have seen is if you can't beat them join them so now more people are purchasing hats to play a game that's broken and yeah. instead of trying to get people banned they're joining them so then there's more and more hackers in the game yeah one of the worst excuses I've ever heard is one of the hackers blatantly hacking on stream and then when he gets questioned about it he goes the game's trash the game's shit you know so if the game's shit why are you still playing it because it's shit yeah but you just said you don't like the game but you're still playing it and you're hacking it ruining the experience for everyone else yeah because you don't stand a chance unless you hack I'm like, that is just that is such a backwards way of thinking about it yeah. yet in his head I bet that makes perfect sense and that's the problem now for me personally yes I would like to see someone other than Raven picking up the mantle for Warzone because I think they've done a lot of good things in Warzone for example Resurgence on Rebirth Island I think that is probably the best bit of the game for me you know the fact that you can respawn but it's not a death match as such yeah it, all it takes is one of your team to stay alive and yeah, you can be respawned I think that's a nice little variation of the whole battle royale genre which sort of walks that thin line between TDM and battle royale well, and it does a it. really good job because, of it because it's a smaller map as well you're going to run into enemies straight away regardless so the capability of being able to spawn in in 15 seconds as long as teammates are alive is good you don't get the depressing gulag fight where you don't know what's going on yeah and you can literally just jump straight back in and crack on with what you were doing depending on survivability but at the same time it's good because they capped it as well so by the last second to last circle I believe or last circle they switch it off so no more respawns yeah so then it actually turns into a proper gritty battle royale once you're done you're done type thing yeah and it's so easy to finish someone off once you've downed them as well now yeah but I feel like they should make more inclusive maps like that instead of just having one yeah I would like to have seen more than just Rebirth Island yeah like a whole new aesthetic on top because it, to me, it seems like whenever I see anyone streaming, whenever I see anyone gaming on it, it, everyone seems to go on Resurgence now. No one seems to even stream the Battle Royale. 
Oh no, so they got rid of Verdansk, which was the main map, and it's now Caldera, which is the map brought out with Vanguard. But because that map is so buggy and all the hacks, people don't actually play Caldera. Well, people do, but within our community, no one plays Caldera. Yeah. So that, yeah, for me, I think it's a good move that maybe they've got a Warzone 2 coming out as a standalone game. I think there's a lot of potential there for it to be a great game. If they have more modes like Resurgence, I think it's going to be very, very fun to play. But I'd like to see a game based around Resurgence. And let's not forget, I'm a big advocate of saying that zombies should not be part of the game. It should be its own game. It should also release, you know, alongside it. And if you want, charge the same price tag for it. Because there are, and I know this for a fact... There are a lot of people that will buy COD simply for zombies and they will never ever play the multiplayer section and the yeah. same vice versa. They will never play zombies. They don't like it. It's just they're taking up space. So what's the point in having it there? Well, this is the thing that they included with Warzone is you can remove certain parts of the DLC. So maybe set up like like when you custom build a PC, you go on a website and you select each individual item and then you get the total price. Yeah. I think that's what they should do in the future. So like, they'll, let's say they'll have Call of Duty Cold War. Yeah. You can buy the campaign, the multiplayer, and zombies for, let's say, 60, 70 pounds. Right? You can take off, say, multiplayer... And then the game drops to 35. Yeah, like 35, 40 quid for each section. Yeah. And then that way you can select what you want to buy. You're not having to install the whole thing. And you're managing how much storage you have. To be able to keep the game installed on your console. Instead of having to uninstall one game to install another. To then reinstall the other game you've just deleted. I think that would be a very, very good way of doing it, to be fair. And that way, it gives the control back to the gamers at the same time as they're still making money. Exactly. Because they're still going to have microtransactions regardless. Yeah, and I understand with updates, you don't necessarily get an update for multiplayer at the same time you get an update for zombies. But at least the updates would come. Yeah. And... It would be so much easier because you got the texture packs and all of that, which some consoles you don't actually need. And it's like Cold War, you had to delete the texture pack because it was multiplayer based, but it doesn't tell you. And then that frees up like 20, 30 gig of storage. You could easily download a, a cheap and cheerful game for less than that. Yeah. You know? So you're actually freeing up space by deleting unnecessarily, unnecessary installs. 
Yeah, so I think that's a great idea. Now, if you lovely lot who are listening to this have any ideas yourself, please let us know by getting in touch. Now, the next the next one is just a little bit of a, a feel-good kind of story because, yeah, it's good news for the devs and I think they deserve it. God of War has now become PlayStation's first ever PC release to hold the number one spot two weeks in a row on Steam. The top 10 best-selling games for the third week of January ending January 23rd have now been announced and God of War has reached the top of the chart for a second week in a row. That's a very notable achievement because it is the very first PlayStation published game on PC to hit number one two weeks in a row. As analyst Daniel Ahmed reminds us, previous PlayStation releases like Days Gone and Horizon Dawn have started at number one during their launch weeks before quickly falling off. Death Stranding, meanwhile, was published by uh, 505 Games and not Sony, and that was number one for one week before dropping to number three in week two. God of War is now performing better than both, Ahmed said, of God of War sales performance relative to Days Gone and Horizon Zero Dawn. God of War has sold 19.5 million copies on PS4 before coming to PC, so it seems likely that the game will cross the 20 million mark soon. But that's yet to be confirmed. The next God of War game, Ragnarok, is scheduled for a PC release later on this year and on PC, uh, PS5 and 4. So, basically, God of War outsold everywhere when it came out on PC in direct comparison to games like the old other ones like Days Gone and Horizon Zero Dawn. Days Gone, I absolutely adored. Horizon Zero Dawn is a great game. It just... There was other games that I'd rather be playing than that. But it is a great game. God of War, however, was absolutely superb. It was a masterclass in storytelling, in my personal opinion. And the fact that there are PC players out there now getting to win, witness it for themselves, I think is a great, great move. What do you think? Have you even tried God of War? I I have, actually. When I went through my PlayStation phase, but I didn't play it long. I enjoyed it, I did really want to get it and the story's there but at the time my what's the word I'm looking for my intriguingness wasn't yeah so it is a game I'm going to have to go back to yeah the interest uh, at the beginning is how can I put it it's one of those where when you pick up the character and you haven't got that many of the abilities and stuff like that, it's like you're being held back. But then as you progress through the story and you unlock more abilities, 
with each ability that you unlock it just makes you want to play more to see what else you unlock yeah and I think that's what hooks you now this next story I had to include it because it just it made me giggle World of Warcraft developers have unbanned a 70 year old player after mistaking him for a bot (laughs) I heard about this one (laughs) this just this makes me giggle so much and the sense of community behind the World of Warcraft players are just yeah this is brilliant the world of warcraft community has rallied behind a 70 year old man who was banned for quote playing the game in a way that blizzard assumes that bots do end quote and his six month ban has now been overturned on friday (coughs) pardon me on Friday, January 21st, the children of a 70-year-old World of Warcraft fan took to the MMO's subreddit to ask for help in getting their father's account unbanned. According to the post via PC Games, he received a six-month ban for basically playing the game in a way that Blizzard assumes bots do. They said, he's been playing World of Warcraft since the original launch of Burning Crusade. He's a 70-year-old guy who loves to quest around and level new characters. He also doesn't talk that much in chat at all. To the outside perspective, yeah, he seems like a bot. But it's just an old guy playing a, fantasy, uh, playing a game with fantasy elements in the game world. He's probably made close to 10 hunters at this point. But he's been playing this way for over a decade. It was something that he really loved doing, especially now as he's retired from work. So we don't get why he he got banned in the first place. Although the user, going by the name My Dad Was Banned, reported little success with going through Blizzard's community support, Eventually, the post post raised enough traction for Blizzard to reassess the case. In the last update to the post, Blizzard finally came through and reversed the ban with a screenshot of Blizzard's unbanned message and it also shows that the company admitted the actions taken were inappropriate for the behaviours identified and then credited the the band man's world of warcraft account with 30 days of game time after six months though 30 giving him 30 days back that's a bit of a cop out in it yeah he shouldn't have been banned in the first place yeah just because he was creating more players or more characters and leveling them up that's the whole point of the fucking game and just because he doesn't like to talk not everybody likes to chat while they're playing games. Some people just like to be one of those that will sit in their front room and just be quiet and let themselves just get completely engrossed in the game. Yeah. But the fact that he can now play it again, how would it feel to them now when they unban him and he just never goes back and plays it again? I reckon he would. 
unless he's figured out a game to play for the next five months. Well, for me, if you like World of Warcraft, then why would you not go to other games like Skyrim or or what's it called now? Arcane, that one. Yeah. Why would you not go to them kind of games as well? Because they are just the same kind of thing, but different genre. I just think, yeah. If you've gone over to Skyrim now because World of Warcraft screws you over, or gone over to Final Fantasy Online or something like that, there's no way he's going to go back now. No. Why would you? No, because you banned me for six months. It took you fucking six months to unban me when I wasn't even doing anything wrong. But that did make a big smile come across my face that there is a 70-year-old man out there who still loves playing World of Warcraft. Just, yes, mate. See? It doesn't matter what age you are. You're never too old to game. You're never too young to game. Well, unless it's an over-18s game. <laughs> and the last story of today is... Right, you can say what you want about the guy, but he's making big strides. Dwayne The Rock Johnson has said that he is working on bringing one of the biggest, most badass games to the screen in a new movie. In an interview with Men's Journal, Johnson was asked if he had any plans to bring any other video game characters to the big screen, to which he simply replied, I can't tell you which game in particular we're doing, but I can confirm there will be an announcement later on this year, before adding that we are going to be bringing one of the biggest, most badass games to the screen, one that I have played for many years. Johnson explained how he plans to do right by our gamer friends, but that really we're just going to make a great movie. In terms of what the game the actor is talking about, there is a whole bunch of possibilities. However, if you're wondering what kind of games The Rock enjoys in his downtime, elsewhere in the interview he confirmed that he's always been a big Madden fan. Oh my god. <laughs> now I don't think it's going to be Madden, is it? No. Because yeah. They just I don't see how that would translate to the big screen. Because we've already had a lot of American football films coming out. What would make this one so different? You can't just say, put Madden sticker on the front cover and say, yeah, this is based on the game. It doesn't work like that. So, I don't know. One that he's played for many years. I think it could be something like Call of Duty. No, I reckon it's a, um action-adventure game. Obviously, you've got <coughs> Uncharted coming out with Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland. 
Yeah. So I reckon, obviously, gaming games of the past decade, two decades, right? They've started to do more and more with them turning them into TV series and movies. Yeah, The Witcher ago, being a perfect example. Exactly. Ten years ago, the movies weren't great. But now, like you said, The Witcher... The Witcher is superb. ...is kicking off. Henry Cable has said that he's sticking to his seven-year contract. Yeah, so you, apparently so got, he's doing another one as well. You know that, don't you? Not a Witcher. He's doing another game-based yes. series right now. I heard something, yeah. So, yeah, I can't wait to see what that one is. But then, I hope they do another Witcher as well, because I fucking love that. It is such a good show. But have you heard that Vin Diesel is also a gamer? Yes. So, for those of you that don't know, Vin Diesel has spent a lot of hours on Ark, Survival Evolved, and I believe he's currently working with them for Ark 2. I hope so. I just hope it's not going to be like Monster Hunter. Because, like, here's my two penny worth for what it's worth when it comes to games or films or trans you know transferring from game to film it doesn't matter there is a certain editing style that drives me up the fucking wall and it just it pisses me off so much and i started noticing it about a decade ago after I saw an interview with Jackie Chan and I was watching fight scenes and Jackie Chan showed me a fight scene well, didn't show me he showed the interviewer he showed a fight scene and said check this fight scene out before I tell you anything about it what do you think yeah, it was alright now check this one out And none of them contained him, so it wasn't, like, him trying to promote himself. It was just what he's seen. And it was a a traditional Japanese one. And he went, that one's way better. And he went, do you know why? I don't know. It just seemed, like, more precise. And he went, here's how, how it seems more precise. He said, when look at the original one the big Hollywood blockbuster and I think it was something like Jason Bourne or something like that it wasn't like a bad film it was a good film but then it showed a close up of Jason Bourne throwing a punch into someone's stomach and then it would cut to a close up of his fist hitting the stomach and then it cut to a different angle of him getting forced back from the punch then it would close up on the face and then close up back to another hit and that would all take space within the space of about three or four seconds so there was like four or five 
courts within a space of three seconds of the film. And then it, he cut to another one, which was a traditional Japanese one. And it was just a static camera. Then it changed and the camera would just be, you know, scrolling right to left as the fighters were moving right yeah. to left. Then he said that is why films like The Matrix, the original Matrix, were done in such a great way because of the bullet time cameras and the fact that whenever you watch any fight scenes or anything, there isn't a lot of cuts. The camera's not shaking all over the place to try and give it that dynamic feel. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, actually, I've seen that. And then when I see it now, it's just, there's so many cuts and it just detracts from what is happening on screen so much that you cannot help it. And I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to do like a close-up of, you know, the actual physical contact to try and give it that impact. But it doesn't work. Well, this is it. All the blockbuster movies uh, start, stop, start, stop. They're constantly called cut. And yeah. it starts... Uh progress with the next scene and then go back and add a tweak in whereas with the second video would have been one straight film and well merged together to present itself better and this is the thing they spend so much money on these movies but if they just did the simple things yeah it would pay off a lot better keep it simple and unfortunately going back to my original point Monster Hunter did not do that. Monster Hunter, it was acted well. The visual special effects were pretty good. They weren't fantastic, but they were pretty good. They were passable. But the cutting, the editing in that film was just so bad. They, like Corridor Crew, I watch them quite a lot because I like to get that in-depth knowledge of how special effects work. And they actually showed one of them where all it was was a guy getting knocked to his ass, then him striking an arrow with his... Uh, pulling an arrow back on his bow and firing it at the guy while it was tipped with venom. And all it was was him standing up, drawing the bow back, and then firing the arrow. That was it. And there was eight different cuts within the space of three seconds. Eight cuts. All you had to do is convey him standing up, pulling the drawstring back on the bow, and then seeing the venom and letting it go. That's it. You could have done that in two cuts. That's it. That's that's all you needed. Two cuts, and you could have you conveyed exactly what you needed to. But no, they did eight cuts, and it was just so bad that it just made it so I lost all interest in the film, and I just thought, no, I'm done. I can't be asked with this. But anyway, I digress. That is what 
we have been talking about in the news if you have got any news stories you would like us to cover please by all means let us know by getting in touch the email as you should know by now is we are tgf at gmail.com i will read and reply to every single email that i get and that brings me nicely on to the penultimate section of this podcast and that is the viewers questions now we have had a question from someone called gareth i do not know where he is from i do not know anything other than the fact he's called gareth so thank you gareth for sending in the question i really do appreciate it my friend and i've got to say i've got to say it was a good question as well so the question is as follows if you could take part in any esports competition which one would you want to take part in oh that's a good one (laughs) yeah it really is a good question for me personally i I just i don't really know off the top of my head it's just i would love to see myself being a pro on something like rocket league because i have seen the rocket league esports competitions there are a lot of them going on quite regularly and there are so many decent players on that but when i watch esports doing rocket league i'm like yeah i am utter trash on that game in comparison they are like elite level and then beyond so what i'd love to do if it was an esports it'd have to be something along the lines of apex legends even though i don't think i would do very well because there are a lot of great players out there if i could ideally be in in any competition whether it would be unofficial or official mine would be apex legends because that's probably the only competitive game that i play that i think i could handle my own on what about you nick um oh gareth i think you've stumped him (laughs) (coughs) really has they don't really do yeah you can't do survival on competitive can you really not unless it was build a base and wipe out the enemy team ah i guess i'd have to go with um rainbow six siege but i'm terrible at that game (laughs) yeah because because i can't really cod is cod you got sweats yeah you're always gonna get sweats on Uh, games like that yeah i would have to go with um rainbow six siege you know yeah there's been quite a few people saying that i should play that again and i'm thinking yeah maybe i should because it was a long time ago and i was playing it on console and i from what i believe it's a lot better when you play it on pc 
Plus, it might be a good game for me to get used Ooh. to using keyboard and mouse as well. I just had a brain fart. Ooh. Rogue Company. That's yeah. actually... Yeah, because you, you're pretty good on that. That's the only gun game I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> Not to toot my own horn. But yeah, no. Um, Rogue Company, yeah. That sounds like that would be my jam. If I had a, a squad... Gareth, if you play Rogue Company, hit me up. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll get an esports team for um, Rogue Company. <laughs> the TGF esports team, yeah. Yep. <laughs> right, so there you go. Thank you very much, Gareth, for the question. I don't know where you're from, but I really do appreciate you getting in contact. It's always good when we have just random people who are not in the TGF actually getting in touch and giving us questions so i really do appreciate that thank you so much now we come to the last section before we give our shout outs and it is just for fun it's just a couple of questions that i have got ready that we can ask and hopefully get some funny responses to are you ready for this nick Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Things that you can sh- you can say to a shopkeeper and say to a gamer. Oh. Anything you can say to a shopkeeper that you can say to a gamer. There's a special offer, two for one. <laughs> Do you offer collateral? <laughs> oh shit. Um right. Is this one better than the um No. I was going for more of a graphics card vibe. <laughs> um, yeah, fuck it. We'll, we'll, we'll do it anyway, just so you guys know. So, a bit of context. A bit of uh, graphics card info. Is this one better than the other one? <laughs> For those of you that are new to PC building. Um, oh, wow. Well, I've got another one as well coming up. But if you've got any answers that you want to tell us, get in contact. We'll read them out on next week's episode. The next question. What can you say in COD but you cannot say to your boss? Why do you squeal like a 12-year-old kid? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I like this one. Um, You could do the typical one that's going around right now. Your ball's not dropped yet. (laughs) (laughs) No, you could just turn around and say, I think there's a lot of people that have been saying it recently. I'm going to go and fuck your dad and give him the son that he actually loves. 
Oh damn. That is still a really good retort though. See, told you I'd end up fucking your mum. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting story. There is an actual story out there of a guy. I think it was a woman. Her mum is now currently going out with someone. And the story is partially there in my brain. But basically... The daughter's like, why are you dating this waste of space? Da, 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 da. And then the partner calls the daughter out, uses her gamer tag, and was like, I told you I was going to fuck you up one day. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, oh damn. He actually did it. He actually did it. I'm going to play with you so hard you're going to think I'm inside you. (laughs) How does that... How much does that cost? Because I ain't paying over the odds. (laughs) Any more? Nope. (laughs) <laughs> I think that'll do it. Right, we've come to the last section, guys. It is all about the shout-outs. Now, of course, there's only two of us, so I think we're going to give two shout-outs each, and that way we can shine a spotlight on any people that we deserve. We think deserve a little bit more recognition. So, first and foremost, I'm going to do one of mine, then we'll go back and forth until we've done two each. My first one is going to be my good friend, Vapormore. He has had a rough time, like I mentioned earlier. And I just want to let you know, mate, that we're here for you. Our DMs are always open. And for everyone listening to this, if you don't know who it is, go into the description of this episode and go and give the guy a follow. He is such a nice genuine bloke and you might even just help to brighten his day a little bit more so that's my first vapor who's your first shout out so on my endeavors on rust i am gonna shout out the one and only poker trojan gaming he is an amazing content creator. He is very supportive within his own community and within the TGF. He is, yes. So he's going to be my first shout out. Okay. My next shout out is going to be to my one and only, the love of my life, Lady Pixiness. Unfortunately, she couldn't be here on this episode because she's busy working so i just wanted to give her a shout out there is a lot of love for her within the tgf and outside of the tgf and that is no surprise to me because now people are starting to see her for the woman 
and the lady that I have always seen her as myself. So I am loving the fact that she's starting to get a little bit more popular as well. My love, my one and only Lady Pixiness is getting the second shout out. And for my final shout out, he is another one from Poker's community. Right. And he's recently joined the Discord. He's an amazing streamer, amazing content creator. He has an amazing ASMR voice, by the way. I, I'm quoting someone else on that. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm going to shout out none other than, and I need to get his name right because I've called him someone else. So he is none other than Big Bro Gamer. Right. He I know who you mean now. The soundest guy. He's so down to earth and chilled. It is unreal. Yeah, he's. I think he's the one who's around the same age as me as well. Yes. <laughs> yes, so, so. They are me shout outs. And obviously, right. I wouldn't have met them if it wasn't for Jammy. So, Jammy, you know. Yeah. So, an honourable mention for Jammy. There we go. Honourable mention for Jambo. Right, and that's it. We've come to the end. Now, before we do end, I just wanted to say that if you want to get in contact, if you want to share a story with us, or record an audio note, all the information you need is in the description or you could just simply email at wearetgf at gmail.com. That's wearetgf, or one word, at gmail.com. Next week's episode is going to be getting recorded later on this evening. So by the time you're listening to this, if you're listening to it when it goes live, I will be doing an early stream today, and then I will be moving on to my streams going back to normal tomorrow because tonight i am going to be recording the podcast ready for next week and it is a special one now the only thing that i can give you a clue about is it is regarding charity and it's something that i've been wanting to do for quite a while jtgg inspired me to start thinking about it and then when i saw jay and our good friend fiddle each doing a charity stream for mind which is a mental health awareness charity i just thought do you know what yeah i need to do some kind of event i need to do something to sort of raise the profile of any given charity that needs it so that is what we're going to be talking about in more detail in next week's episode if you want to get involved and help us with it by all means listen to next week's episode get all the details and then get in contact with me i would love it if you could come on this little journey and next week's episode is where i am also going to describe and discuss exactly why i'm wanting to do this in the first place so keep your eyes peeled for that one now until then i am just going to say thank you nick for joining me on this episode i really do appreciate it my friend no worries dude it's been a pleasure as always i love coming on the podcast 
when well we lo- love having you on the podcast and by we i mean me <laughs> <laughs> now until next time guys we are going to bid you a fond farewell say thank you for joining us and we will see you lovely lot in the next one and a hiya from village <laughs> I had to get that in there otherwise Pixie would be annoyed <laughs> yeah standard <laughs>